From Johannesburg to Jerusalem, the world is always changing, growing and innovating. Join Benji Shulman for the next hour as he brings you the trendsetters, the thought leaders and those creating news before it happens. Only on the New Blue Review, your favorite Jewish culture and current affairs show. Every Monday at 9 a.m. right here on 101.9 High FM. Michael Cohen, he is the Vice President of Zeth Malaria and he joins us today. Michael, how are you doing? Hey, uh, Michael and Ben Aaron, but nice for considering me a Cohen. <laughs> uh, what can I say? We just got it from uh, the internet, so I do apologize for the complete mispronunciation there. But more importantly than the pronunciation is uh, is the amazing work that you've been doing on the issue of malaria and this amazing prize that you guys have just won. Uh, and I wanted to start just by asking, can you explain to us what is it that the the Watson Prize is and what why is it such a big deal? Sure. Uh, so first of all, uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, the IBM Watson X Prize uh, is, is one of the X Prize. The X Prize is a competition. It's an NGO based uh, in North America, which sets sort of moonshot challenges. So like go to the moon, cure cancer, uh, like big, big challenges. There's thousands of teams competing. And then there's a big prize at the end that's donated by a philanthropist or um, a corporation. In this case... IBM, which developed the Watson supercomputer, um, it used to be called the Blue. Uh, it's the supercomputer that beat uh, Kasparov in chess. Um, donated a prize for using AI, artificial intelligence, for good. Uh, there were 10,000 teams, and then we, uh, of the 10,000 teams that started the competition four years ago, uh, we uh, won the grand prize, which is um, three million dollars. Wow, that is, I mean, that's a huge thing. And I imagine you must have been up against some pretty heady competition covering all sorts of problems. So tell us what it is that Zap Malaria does that, that puts you in line for the prize like this. Indeed, it's a great honor. And actually, we just won another prize from Cisco Global Problem Solver Challenge, um, which is $250,000. Again, we're very honored for this. Zap Malaria aims to eradicate malaria. Basically, what we do is we try to take the traditional method of eradicating malaria that worked elsewhere in the world, uh, such as Israel, Greece, Florida, Morocco, Egypt, etc., and apply it um, to sub-Saharan Africa and to other areas in the world using artificial intelligence. So we're trying to take an old method that's known and proven and use technology to make it possible uh, to work in more places. Because what is the major constraint against using, old, as he's called it, the old method? Perhaps explain that to people because it's basically to do with, with treating water where, where mosquitoes might live which caused the malaria, why doesn't it work in places like that? Right. So um, this is a bit of a complicated um, story. So let me start with how malaria spreads and then deal with what is done and how we do it. So malaria spreads uh, by mosquitoes that uh, bite an infected person and then transfer it to another infected person. So a mosquito needs to bite you, eat, uh, digest your blood, etc., let the parasite, the malaria parasite, infect the mosquito, and after another week to 10 days, bite another person. So the mosquitoes themselves don't cause malaria, they just transmit the parasite between people. So there's a few methods to treat it. The first method is to stop people from getting bitten, which is what uh, the mosquito nets do. Uh, the second method is to treat houses. It's called internal residual spraying or indoor residual spraying, uh, which is treat the house walls with a material that when the mosquito, after it feeds, it lands on the wall and then it dies. 
So these are the two methods that are currently uh, in use in sub-Saharan Africa. The third method is to drastically reduce the numbers of mosquitoes because actually, um, even though malaria is a huge, huge problem around the world, uh, it's actually not an effective uh, mechanism of spreading it. Having a mosquito bite you, wait a week, and then bite another person. Um, so if you drastically reduce the numbers of mosquitoes, you can significantly reduce the chances of malaria to the point where it just doesn't occur anymore. Um, and this is how malaria was eradicated in Israel, uh, where I'm from. This is how malaria was eradicated in Florida, in the United States, in Greece, etc. However, um, the current belief is that in sub-Saharan Africa, that's not a possible path forward for two reasons. The first reason is much more rain. So Israel has about five months where it just doesn't rain at all. Um, this is not the situation in many uh, tropical countries. But the second issue is an issue of capacity. So the only way you can really do this is if you treat 90% of all stagnant water sources for, um, for um, six months. That's the only way to do it. If you do 85, malaria is not going to disappear. So it's finding and repeatedly treating 90% of water sources. That's the challenge. And we believe with technology, we can solve it. So what is then the idea behind the technology that Zap Malaria brings to this fight? Does it help find the mosquitoes or help find the water? What, what, is, what is the idea behind it? So we do three things. First, we help analyze the situation. Then we help plan the intervention. And then we help uh, manage it. So from an analysis perspective, we can uh, predict where um, more water sources will occur. So this is what, where the AI comes useful. Uh, it can actually look at a location, um, take satellite photos, um, topography, weather patterns, drone pictures sometimes. Uh, it finds the houses and then it predicts which areas are more likely uh, for stagnant water to occur. And then instead of randomly sending people to places to look for water, you can direct your efforts where they're needed the most. Um, that's the first part. The second part is we can actually manage the uh, operation because one of the issues we have is um, it's not the same person that needs to treat the same water source over time. So we have a phone app that works on simple mobile phones, um, doesn't require an internet connection. Uh, and then basically what happens is a field worker goes, they see a water source, they snap a picture of it, it automatically geotags it. And then you don't need to explain to the next person how to get there. However many times you need to treat it, it's already saved in the system and it directs you to that water source. So you don't miss any once you found them. And then the third part here is it ensures that you actually go and do what you said you've done. So the app is geolocked and it actually tracks the field workers. So there's no, you can see where the field workers have scanned and what they missed. So in, in case somebody made a mistake, it's very easy to say, look, you missed this part of the area. You need to go back and rescan. And um, you can't sit at home and say, oh, I've just treated this water source because uh, it's geolocked. So you have to actually be on location to say, yes, I've done it. So a really multifaceted approach. In terms of getting the information, I want to talk about the AI for a second. I mean, is this information that you guys are having to produce from scratch, like you say, with drones? Or, or do you have information available in, I don't know, municipal records or, or something like that that you can upload to the system? Is there, is there stuff that you can use already? So the stuff we can use already is not the municipal records. It's the weather patterns and the satellite photo photography. And then uh, what happens is the system actually, we input all the information. So once people scan, they find water sources and then the system learns. That's the cool thing about uh, machine learning, that the system, the more you use it, the better it becomes at identifying where water sources are more likely to occur. So, for example, at some point, it, it, it realized that 
Um, houses in a certain area are a probability. So the system can identify the houses by itself just from a satellite photo and then calculate the probability of water sources around those houses. Do you need to target water sources around houses specifically or are you trying to find water sources that are in, say, more rural parts of the country? Is, is some water more at risk than others? So basically mosquitoes fly about 900 meters to uh, one and a half kilometers. That's the range. So the water sources, if it's in the bush, it doesn't really matter. Um, but the other thing is human activity actually causes more water sources. If you talk about um, tire tracks or if people raise cattle, then that leaves cows tend to create with their hooves uh, water sources where water can uh, become stagnant, etc., etc. So it, it's two it's two prong. First, you need to find the water sources next to the houses. They are much more important. But also the houses tend to cause the water sources. Now, Mikhail, I was wondering... Have you been able to apply any of this in the field or are you still working at the level of trying it in an abstract form? So the good news is we actually are in the field. Uh, the company has been around for five years and we actually had uh, several successful trials. We worked in Ethiopia. We worked in Tanzania, specifically in Zanzibar. We worked uh, in Ghana. We had a very successful trial. And we're currently working in Sao Tome and Principe, which is an island nation um, in the Gulf of Guinea. And there we're attempting what we said we can do, elimination. And do you work with other malaria groups, people who are, are putting up the nets or, or spraying? I mean, is there like a, a group of ecosystem of, of malaria warriors or does, do people kind of work by themselves? So absolutely. At the end of the day, we're a software solution, right? Um, I, I don't have the people to uh, go into field and find all the water sources and treat them, etc. So uh, we do need the local authorities, either governments or NGOs, uh, whoever is working on malaria to partner with us. So, for example, um, in Ethiopia, we did it with some uh, local authorities. In Tanzania, we worked with the university and a research center. In Ghana, that's an interesting one. We worked with a gold mine. So there's a gold mine in the city of Obuasi that wanted the one to make the community around them healthier and two to protect their employees. So the gold mine uh, partnered with us. In Sao Tome, we're working with the government and the Ministry of Health. So it depends where, but yes, we absolutely need local partners to work. And in terms of the treatment, how often do you have to go back? If you do, as you said, 90% for six months and and you, you're successful in your work, does that mean the malaria can never come back or does it require some sort of follow-up? The 90% uh, for six months thing is is like an estimate. Nobody's going to get to 90% in six months, so a more realistic timeline is around a year or two. Essentially, uh, it depends, right? It depends on how well the borders are controlled, how uh, well people are screened when they're coming in, um, and how um, how you respond to cases of malaria. So this is sort of like what we see with COVID, right? Once cases resurge, you, you need to put some steps in place to prevent the disease from spreading. So, for example, um, in Sao Tome, where we're working, it's an island, right? So once we eradicate, it's going to be very hard for malaria to come back. Uh, in places which aren't islands, of course, there's going to be some cross-border travel, etc. Um, but basically, take Israel, for example. So when Israel eradicated malaria, we did the water sources thing. We treated the mosquitoes. Once we stopped treating, the mosquitoes came back. The malaria-causing mosquitoes came back. But because there was no malaria in the population, they had no disease to um, to transmit. So the mosquitoes that we had for that were causing malaria are still here. We just reduced them for a few years, but nobody's getting sick anymore. Okay, so it's not that they all that the population. I didn't realize this that the population of malaria 
the bug, so to speak, actually is endemic in the mosquitoes themselves. It's just the ones in that area. And if you can kill those off, then actually you can get rid of the bug, even if the mosquitoes don't uh, themselves are still alive. Exactly. The mosquito, the, the, the parasite, not the bug, the parasite is inside humans. The mosquitoes just act as a vector of transmission. The, the parasite does not occur in the mosquitoes without humans. Oh, that's fascinating. I didn't realize that about malaria. Now, of course, if we're going to take out the whole continent of Africa, it's going to be a, a serious undertaking. Do you foresee in the next sort of, whatever, few decades that if we can get this kind of technology right and these sort of interventions right, that you might see a campaign against malaria in the same way that perhaps we fought polio uh, in, 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 in the 1900s? So I don't think we need to go to polio. We just had a huge pandemic that's sort of being solved. How much money do you think? You know what? I'm going to give you the answer. The world invested $100 billion in a year to fight uh, COVID. The world invested fewer than $3 billion to fight malaria. Now, in sub-Saharan Africa, malaria killed more people than COVID. So it's, it's not an issue of, you know, um, it, it's an issue of money. Let's be honest here. It's an issue of resources. It's an issue of money. It's an issue of putting the efforts into doing this. Um, because we know the solution. The solution that we're advocating for has been done in Israel in the 60s. It has been done in Italy in the 40s. It has been done in Florida in the 60s. Th this is solvable. Um, and that's one of the most frustrating things, that we know how to solve this issue. Um, and what our app do is does is actually helps making it cheaper. So we can make the, the money that's invested in this go a longer way because you focus your employees and you have better control and you understand how it's happening. But this problem is entirely solvable. Now, we have this problem of malaria in South Africa as well, particularly the northern parts of the country. If you're going to the Kruger Park, for example, you have to take malaria tablets and the communities in those areas have to deal with this problem on a consistent basis. Have you ever thought about coming to South Africa with the product? So we're in touch with uh, Robbie Brosen, who's the visionary behind uh, Goodbye Malaria, uh, and we're exploring different partner, different partners in the um, country and the region. Um, right now, we don't have anything specific, but we absolutely want to um, come. At the end of the day, look, we need a strong local partner. We need preferably the government to um, participate in this. Uh, and yeah, we're on board. We hope to eliminate malaria everywhere. Like, this is the goal. This is why we're here. Um, so that's our plan. And I'm assuming that then this is where the, the, the money and the, the prize money and the, hopefully the attention that you've gotten from winning the, the X prize will go to in, in terms of, of, of growing the company. What are the next kind of steps for, for Zap Malaria in order to get to that goal? So we have a few steps. The first step is I mentioned the operation in Sao Tome and Principe, and this is our um, – Main focus right now, we want to show that eradication on a national scale is possible. To come in and get to, in two years from now, a situation where there's no more malaria. Uh, and we believe it's doable. Uh, then we want to do some more pilots uh, in, in the countries most heavily affected by the disease to showcase that how effective our system is. Um, and from there, we can move forward. So, all right, so, that, so that's very much the goal and the focus. How big is the team that works on this? Uh, there's six of us. Six of you are, are, are going to manage to take out the whole of malaria in, uh, in in a small island in Africa. I think that that's fantastic, uh, really, really cool. Mikhail, if people want to find out more information, uh, understand what it is that you do, if there's some AI geeks who are super interested in whatever the algorithms, where can they find out more information? So come to zapmalaria.com. We also follow us on social media. We're going to try to broadcast the operation in Sao Tome and Principe Live. So we're going to post weekly updates 
and you can actually see what an operation to eradicate malaria in the 21st century looks like. Um, yeah, that, that's our best advice. Well, there we go. I, mean, I think that's fantastic to be able to watch something like that live. Mikhail Benaron from Zap Malaria, thank you so much for joining us on the new Blue Review, and good luck with your very, very important life-saving work. Thank you. Thank you, Benji. It's a pleasure to be here.